Well, hey there. Welcome to the Kim Constable podcast. Nobody cares. Work harder. We have another live Q&A this week on Instagram. Last week, everybody really enjoyed the Q&As. In fact, last two weeks, everybody really enjoyed the Q&A. So I thought that I would just continue with the Q&A theme and do another couple. And it means I can get through um, lots and lots of questions. I've actually just recorded it. So I came back here to record this intro afterwards. And it really was a fantastic, um, a fantastic episode. I talked a lot about what exactly you need to do to build the quads. I also talked about fat burners um, over the counter and under the counter and I talked about my chickens and there were loads of quick fire questions about uh, menopause and burning fat and what was the best body split that you should do to you know build your body um, and I and loads and loads and loads of other juicy stuff in between so I really hope that you enjoy this Q&A and um, don't forget to leave a review on the podcast by the way wherever you listen to it and let me know are you enjoying these Q&As and you could be with the chance of winning it's called the vegan program so I won't chat to you here any longer I'll let you listen to the Q&A now and I will speak to you again at the end Okay, so now we are recording. Welcome to everybody listening to the podcast. Um, welcome to everybody here on Instagram. Um, I Earlier on Instagram, I put out a Q&A on my story asking for questions, inviting questions to answer live on the podcast. And we've had hundreds of questions. So I'm going to go through and pick out the best ones. And I'm going to be doing this podcast uh, recording Q&A style for the next two weeks as well. This is now... Uh, what date is it today? I think it's the 22nd of August. So for the next two weeks, we're going to be doing this. Um, so if you want to join in on Instagram, you absolutely can. My Instagram handle is at the sculpted vegan and you can come and join in live and you can ask your question, get it answered live. Okay. So uh, let's just, um, let's just start. Let me see. Let me see. What have we got? Okay, so this is, let's just start with a cosmetic one, okay? Because people ask me all the time about my cosmetic procedure. So the first question is, what is the best best cosmetic procedure you have done that you would do again and recommend? Okay, so this is a really great one because um, I think that years ago, there used to be a real stigma around getting cosmetic work, especially for women, like getting Botox or fillers or anything like that. And certainly I would have had a real, you know, kind of stigma around it. I remember saying to my husband years ago, it was about gosh, let me say about eight, eight years ago or something, I said to him, okay, I like, I really want to get some Botox on my frown lines. And he was like, oh no, I really, I really don't want you to get any, you know, Botox or anything. Like it's, I don't want you to have that frozen look. I think men are always really against women getting work done for some reason. I really don't know why. But um, I said, no, I really just want to get on my frown lines. And he was like, okay, well, you know, and it's not that I was asking for his approval, but I kind of, I guess I was, that was the way our relationship was a few years ago. I would have asked for his approval much more. More, like I don't ask for his approval on anything now but um anyway so I, so I went and I got Botox here in the middle of my eyes of my frown lines because I used to have really really deep frown lines and I remember thinking like my face was going to be magically transformed after like one round of Botox I remember being like really disappointed not that the practitioner wasn't good but I remember being really disappointed because like I could still frown afterwards and the, the lines didn't really go as you can see now for those of you watching on Instagram you can see I don't really have deep lines anymore in the middle you know you, you can see like a little if I turn this way you can see like a little line there but I, I used to have really deep deep lines in in the middle but it's taken me Oh, I would say about three years of consistent Botox to have those lines taken away. So, but I guess the cosmetic procedure that really changed changed my life more than more than Botox was getting fillers. And I remember whenever I first went to the girl who does the clinic that does all of my all of my work now, and it's a girl called Lisa and her business is called Face Therapy NI. Lisa is an incredible nurse. She was a nurse in the ICU, in the cardiac ICU ward for many, many years. She can um, write prescriptions and things like she is, you know, her, her she get, got a first in nursing in Queen's University, which is our most prestigious university here in, in the north of Ireland. She's just phenomenal. And I went to her for... Um, a vitamin injection actually an IV vitamin injection and whenever we were there she said to me have you ever had any you know any work done have you ever have you ever considered getting fillers because she could obviously tell from my face I'd never had them and I was like fillers no no way I'm never gonna get fillers like I don't want to look like Joan Rivers like I immediately had a reaction to it I was like no no definitely not no fillers and and then I said but 
And then I was like, well, but but I'm, I'm kind of open to it. Like, well, what do you mean fillers? And she said, well, let, let me show you. She said, do you see the way? And so she um, she started, you know, showing me. And she said, like, well, first of all, she said, do you have anything, you know, that you're unhappy with in your face? And in fairness to her, she did ask that first. And I said, well, yes, I have these like really deep frown lines. And I said, my, um, you know, my face is like a real square shape. I had like a real square jaw. And I said, I always have these veins on my head because I'm so lean and, and, uh, I said, I have these deep lines. Like I used to have these deep lines here in my cheeks. And I said to her, you know, here, they were, they were just here, actually. You can still see them slightly there on the tops of my cheeks. So I said to her, yeah, I have these lines. And she said, well, she said, probably whenever you were younger, you would have really fat cheeks. And I said, yes, that's right. I had really fat cheeks. She said, well, what happens whenever you're younger and you have really fat cheeks is whenever you get older, your cheeks start to sink, you know, slightly because you lose the volume in your face. And so, you know, you don't, you don't have all that fat in your face. And so therefore your face gets, you know, everything begins to sink in a little more and it doesn't have that volume to hold it out anymore which is why you get these deep lines. And she said, if you wanted to consider getting filler, she said, you know, let me show you some of the, you know, the things I can do. So she started showing me photographs on her phone of, she had like literally changed the shape of people's noses. You know, people who had like a bump in the middle of their nose, Lisa's able to completely straighten their nose. She was showing me before and afters of people's faces and cheeks. And all I could see was these people looked younger. They looked younger, fresher. They didn't look frozen in any way. Their skin was glowing and plump. And I was like... This is amazing. And I, as I was, and but, but the thing I loved most about Lisa, whenever she started touching my face, I could tell she was an expert. So Lisa started going, so she said, did you see here? And you've got a little here. And she was like, started like lifting my cheeks and doing this. And if you just fill this out here a little bit here, and you just did this. And the way she was feeling and she was touching my cheeks, she said, oh, I could do this and I can do this. And as a yoga practitioner who was so used to touching people's bodies and being able to say, if you just did this and if you move your shoulder here and relax that and lift that and just move, twist that hip slightly, you know, whenever someone is truly an expert at what they do. They can give you little subtleties. They can touch you in certain ways and they feel confident to say, you know, someone who's truly an expert feels confident to recommend something. Okay. And if you're not an expert, you won't feel confident to recommend. But as you know, if, if you are an expert, you'll feel very confident to saying to someone, this is what you should do. And this is what you should do. And this is what I would recommend. And if they say, oh, no, I would never do that. You say, well, no problem at all. That's just my my professional or my expert opinion. So she started doing that. And I suddenly thought she knows what she's talking about. Like this girl knows. And I got suddenly I got really excited. And I said to her, OK, well, you know what? I think I would like to get some filler. I said, what would you recommend? She said, just get some cheek filler to start with. She said, just start small, get some cheek filler. I said, right, okay, brick me in, book me in. I really want to do this. So I went in a couple of weeks later to get cheek filler. And I was like, oh, I don't want to tell anyone getting filler. Like, you know, Botox was okay because more people were getting Botox. This is about three years ago. But filler was like, oh, filler's on another level, you know? Like, that's like the, that's like an endocosmetic surgery as far as I was concerned. And I went in and, and, and anyway, I got cheek filler, right? So I got these, just the tops of my cheekbones done with cheek filler. And I remember coming, and I didn't tell my husband I was getting it done. And I remember coming home that night and my cheek had, my cheeks had swollen. Obviously, they always swell after you get them done. I swear to God, I looked like Cruella DeVille. I had these razor sharp cheekbones and they were so swollen. And I was trying to like wear a cap all the time and like keep my head hidden from Ryan because I knew he was going to go, what the fuck have you done? And I wanted to tell him whenever like it wasn't so bad. So anyway, of course, there's no way I could hide it from him. So I just whipped it off that night. I was like, I got cheek filler. And he was like, holy shit, are they going to are they gonna look like that? And I was like, no, no, they're swollen at the minute. They're going to go down. And I remember texting Lisa. I was like, Lisa, oh my God, like my cheeks are swollen. And she shit herself. She was like, oh my God, put ice packs on them, whatever. And because she obviously, I'm like the sculpted vegan. So she didn't want to be, you know, the sculpted vegan going around going, this girl's shit, like she ruined my face, whatever. It was really funny. So anyway, the filler was fucking amazing. My face was, like my face was unbelievable. My cheekbones took on a, a different, you know, a whole different slant. And of course, then once the swelling went down, I wish that it hadn't. I wish they were bigger again. It, it literally changed the shape of my face, but it, in a good way, made me look so much younger. And after that, honestly, I was hooked. Now, when I say hooked, I'm not like addicted to cosmetic procedures. I go every, when was the last time I had filler? I haven't had filler for, um, I think it was, we went to Marbella, 
in August, but August two years ago. So I haven't had filler for two years. But the last time I had filler, I had a seven point facelift, which is like I had filler in seven different points in my face. Chin filler is really sore. You feel like someone has like is, has punched you in the face. So I have had my whole face filled. And so what I do at the minute now, people always ask me about my cosmetic procedures. I get Botox in four areas. I get Botox um, in my bunny lines here. I keep hitting my microphone. I get Botox in my bunny lines. Um, I get Botox in my frown lines. I get Botox around my eyes. Um, I get Botox in my masseters and my cheeks. Um, and obviously, I think I said on my forehead already. I also get uh, filler. Um, I, I get temple filler, cheek filler. I get um, my Marie Antoinette lines done, which are here. I get, I get my nasal labial folds done, which are here with filler. Um, I get my chin done. I get, I've had like my, the whole shape of my face has changed. I used to have this real square, square face and this real square jaw. If you actually go and look at my profile picture on Instagram at the minute, um, it's actually a picture from two years ago when I was competing um, in a show when I was really ripped on my face. My jaw is really, really square. That was before... Um, Oh, it must have been 2018, so three years ago. That was before I started getting filler. So I know that's a very long-winded way of answering this question, but definitely one the my favorite um, cosmetic procedure is filler. I do get Botox, I get filler, I get I've had threads, I've had the fox eyes to lift my um, eyebrows, so I've had uh, fox eyes, I've had threads all through my face to boost collagen. I get I get a lot of work done. I have lip filler as well. Lip filler is amazing. I don't get a lot of lip filler. I just get a little bit to plump out the lips. So my entire face is filled, which is what makes me look youthful. And I also get facials and I get um, microneedling facials and all different kinds of stuff. I'm actually going for one tomorrow. So that is my favorite cosmetic procedure. And what I would say to anyone who's thinking about getting cosmetic work done, especially in your 40s, is find someone really, really good. Okay, find someone who's a registered nurse or a doctor, like find someone really, really good, get loads of recommendations, ask people who they use. If someone looks amazing, don't be afraid to say, who do you use? Who do you go to? Get recommendations, find someone really good and then commit over the long term. So I go, I get mine done every, my Botox done every three to four months and I get my filler done every six months to two years, depending on what I need. And you just have to commit. You're never going to go in and say, oh, I just want, you know, two mils of Botox and, you know, and or I want like one mil of filler over my entire face. Like one mil of filler is like the fifth of a teaspoon. So it's like it's tiny. You don't see it in your face. So you have to know that it takes time. You're not going to be completely transformed after one session, like going to the gym, like transforming your body. It does take time and you have to be willing to commit to the process. Okay, great, great, great question. Loved answering that one. So let's take a fitness question. Um, okay, this is okay. Let, let's do a couple of quick fire ones, okay, before we get into a longer one. <laughs> this is really funny. People ask me this all the time. So, question is, how much bread do you eat? Example, daily or weekly? So it's funny, you know, people have a thing about bread and carbs, right? I don't, you know, I I love carbs. I absolutely love carbs. How much bread do I eat? Let me think. I would probably eat every single day, um, at least, most days I have at least one slice of whole grain, some kind of whole grain toast, whether it's with my breakfast, with scrambled tofu in the morning, or whether it's before I go to bed. Certainly, sometimes um, whenever I'm, I'm bulking hard, whenever I'm doing a really good off season, I will have bagels, toasted bagels, but I don't have any rules about bread. I, I enjoy bread. I like it. Um, I don't eat an enormous amount of it because my lunch would never consist of a sandwich. I would never have a sandwich for lunch. I would never have bread with dinner. You know, my the majority of my meals consist of a lean vegan protein, which usually our chef would make from fresh. So some kind of seitan steak or seitan chicken or tofu or tempeh, something some kind of lean vegan protein and then around that we build an enormous amount of salad and green vegetables or quinoa or some kind of you know or sweet potatoes or a lot of cauliflower we would do a lot of stuff instead of rice we would have a lot of you know cauliflower couscous and um, baked cauliflower and like we have a private chef at home for those of you who don't know um watching on instagram but it you know, and it really is a game changer. It's an absolute game changer having a chef because the food that we eat is on restaurant, like it's restaurant level food, breakfast, lunch and dinner. But before we had the private chef, I cooked and I'm a really good cook. I'm not afraid to say it. I am a really good cook. I love cooking and I I can create recipes from scratch. I always have been able to. And so bread never featured heavily in my um, in my eating, even before I became um, a bodybuilder, I never ate a lot of bread simply because 
health was always my highest priority. And it's not that bread isn't healthy. Bread is part of a healthy, balanced diet. But unfortunately, a lot of us are, we still eat like toddlers. So we eat cereal for breakfast and bread for lunch and, you know, sandwiches for lunch and and then, you know, bread with our dinner and lots of carbs and pasta. And, you know, that is how toddlers eat, how children eat, because they need a lot of energy. But whenever you grow up, you really do need to eat differently if you want, especially if you're a menopausal woman or you're perimenopausal or postmenopausal and you're heading towards that that time of your life, you definitely cannot eat the same things that you used to eat because your hormones change, your body becomes more insulin resistant, um, which basically means that you have higher blood sugar. And so that blood, that sugar is converted to fat, which is why you can't eat the same as you you can't do the things you've always done and get the results you always got you have to change how you eat and exercise especially whenever you're heading towards menopause but uh, for me certainly I always try and eat you know I, I once I started planning and tracking my macros I realized that you know especially if you do plan and track your macros and you eat a diet which is about 40% protein 30% carbs and 30% fat you will find that those um, carbs add up very very quickly and whenever you're eating white starchy carbs so as a general rule I try to avoid white starchy carbs anything that is white was white or could be white and um, in favor of um, cruciferous vegetables sweet potatoes and other forms of carbs so but I do enjoy bread and I, I enjoy a, a piece of toast in the morning it's just not something that I would fill up on because I know that once you fill up on bread then it doesn't leave room for much else and it doesn't move you towards your goals I said that was going to be quick. And of course, it really isn't quick at all. Um, let me see. What else have we got here? Hmm. Okay. Let's answer a question about shredding and about bodybuilding and cardio. So uh, during shredding, is it better to do cardio or weights on a day when you only have one R available? Great question. So and it requires a slightly longer answer, of course. So here's the thing about shredding. Whenever you are shredding body fat, you don't need to go to the gym. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the gym. I'm saying you don't need to go to the gym. Why? Because cardio is for fat loss and strength training is for building muscle. Now, do you also burn calories when you're strength training? Yes. Does building more muscle cause your body to... Um, to raise your metabolism and burn more fat? Yes. But you don't need it whenever you're shredding. What causes you to shred is cardio and uh, calorie control. So if you were, if I was shredding and I only had one R and I only had um, one option, then probably what I would do is cardio um, overweights. In fact, definitely what I would do is cardio overweights. However, there is something that you can do which kind of mixes both of them up. And that is doing a hit style workout in the gym. So what I used to do whenever I was really short on time is I would go into the gym and I would do an all over body workout. So I would uh, do say uh, sh like compounds. So I would do shoulder presses, bench presses, squats, deadlifts, um, you know, bicep curls, pull-ups, chin-ups, that kind of stuff. And in between these exercises, so I'd maybe choose five exercises, one shoulder, one, you know, back, one chest, one legs, um, and something else, some like a finisher, a bicep or tricep finisher. And in between those exercises, I would do a hit, like a minute or two minutes or three minutes of hits of hit workouts. So I would do, um, say, uh, let me, I would do like box jumps or battle ropes or uh, shuttle runs or um, step ups or some kind of explosive movement, which would then keep the heart pumping throughout the exercises. So sometimes I would do a set of the exercise. Then I would do a minute of, you know, of hit style cardio running on the spot, or like I said, squat jumps or battle ropes or press ups or something. And then I would do another another set of the strength training exercise, then another minute of hit, another set of the strength training exercise, another minute of hit, and then I would move on. This actually is the way we train in the 12 week shred, which is one of our programs available um, on the website. So that's exactly the way the training is done. So you're never in the gym more than an hour at a time. So that's actually a really good way to make sure that you're still taxing your muscles and you're getting your cardio in as well. And in fact, the leanest I ever got was about down to about, I would say, Oh, about 9% body fat, maybe 10% body fat, which is very low for a woman. And that was just before my show in um, 2018. And how I got that lean was by doing 
an hour's cardio in the morning, walking on the treadmill and then doing that kind of explosive workouts in the gym. So I would do, but what I would do is I would do a, um, a full set, a full set of the exercise and then an explosive one minute of cardio in between. And I would do that the entire way through the workout. And oh my God, it was an absolute killer, but I got super, super lean. So that is what I would choose. Definitely cardio over weights if you're shredding. Um, but that is a really good way to make sure that you're working your muscles and you're also getting your cardio in too. Alrighty, let's see what else we have here. Um, okay, this is a really good one. Let's discuss, can you discuss fat burners? Yeah, I can discuss fat burners. So there's two different types of fat burners that you would take um, only when you're shredding. And one set is kind of what we call over the counter. And then the other set is what we would call under the counter. So in whenever you are shredding, there's certain supplements that you can take that will raise the metabolism, um, such as caffeine, or will help your body to shuttle more nutrients into muscle and away from fat stores, such as alpha-lipoic acid. Um, and another really good one is L-carnitine, which if you take 30 minutes before training, will help your body to draw more energy from fat stores um, rather than from muscle stores or from energy stores. So some of my favorite um, over-the-counter fat burners, um, my, my all-time favorite is caffeine. So caffeine, and not, not just coffee, but caffeine tablets. Caffeine tablets are are really good for raising the metabolism. And if you are very caffeine sensitive, you know, you would start off with maybe half a tablet. You know, they're just little tiny things, half a tablet. And then you could go up to, you know, two, up to one, and then one and a half, and then two. And once your tolerance level raises, then you can take two in the morning and, you know, two mid-morning and two in the afternoon even. So it depends on how extreme you want your shred to be, or if you're shredding for a stage or whatever, then you would have, um, you would take your, your fat, you would take your caffeine three times a day. Um, it, what it does is it raises the metabolism um, and it does in the beginning make you feel kind of like, whoo, like you've got super amounts of energy. Caffeine is also really good to take before you train. Um, a lot of people don't like to take caffeine, but ca taking caffeine tablets isn't, um, it doesn't make you, set, it, it's not acidic like coffee is. So if you were drinking, you know, two, four, six espressos, double espressos every day, that wouldn't be good for you because then you would, you know, you would be taking in a lot of acid because it's, it's hard to digest. Well, it's not hard to digest, but it's very acidic on your body drinking coffee, but caffeine tablets aren't acidic on your body. Now you may not want to take caffeine and that's okay. I've never had anything against caffeine and I have found that caffeine is honestly the best fat burner ever, especially when on a shred. Um, the bet, the, the next best fat burner that certainly I have found is, well, it's not, it's not actually a fat burner, but alpha-lipoic acid. So ALA, alpha-lipoic acid, comes in varying strengths. If you can um, take this supplement, some, some people find that it... Um more shreds, the recommended dose that I've taken, some people have said it's made them feel nauseous. So you just have to kind of start slow, you know, start with a lower dose, maybe 200 milligrams. You can, high dose would be like 600 milligram tablets. So you want to start with a, a low dose of maybe one or two um, tablets before each, before each meal. So if you take two alpha lipoic acid tablets before you eat, what it does is um, it actually helps to shuttle more of the nutrients away from fat store and into muscle. So it basically just interrupts the receptors and um, the insulin receptors uh, or the storage receptors and it just shuttles more nutrients into muscle and away from fat store. So it just stops you from storing fat from the food just as, as quickly. Another really good um, another really good tip actually, and it's not mine, it's it's not one one of mine, it's actually from Tim Ferriss from the Four Hour Body. And what he says to do is if you before you eat a big meal, if you do um I think he got one minute of press-ups, I think he said, one minute of press-ups and one minute of um just body weight squats before you eat. What that does is it opens the glute 4 receptors on the surface of the muscle cell. And so whenever you eat, especially with ALA, then he did this as an experiment and he said it was unbelievable. A lot of the nutrients got shuttled into the muscle um, whenever you're eating and away from fat store. Because what happens whenever you eat is um, your body's, your pancreas secrete insulin and insulin is a storage hormone. It's released into your blood. And so it goes around your body storing all of it. It wants to lower your blood sugar and store all the sugar from your blood as quickly as possible. So whenever you, um, but whenever you're exercising, sorry, and how it does this, how insulin does this is as soon as insulin is released, your body slowly starts opening the GLUT4 receptors, which are on the surface of the muscle cells and on the surface of the fat cells and on the surface of all the cells, actually. But the beautiful thing is whenever you've been training, the um, GLUT4 receptors are 
open on the surface of the muscle cells anyway, because your body has been sending a supply of amino acids and blood and energy and all these different things to the muscles while you were training, but had no need to open the fats, the, the glute force and the fat cells, unless your body was drawing from fat store for energy. But usually you have enough energy in your body, especially if you've eaten before you trained, the glute force are open on the surface of the muscle cell, which means that whenever you eat directly after training, that's why I like to eat a high molecular weight carbohydrate directly after training, something that has very high osmolality which means that it's absorbed through the small intestine into the bloodstream very quickly. If that happens, then your body will store more of the food in your muscle cells because the glute fours are already open because of training, whereas it takes a while to open the glute fours on the fat cells. So by the time the glute fours are open on the fat cells, a lot of the nutrients has already been stored in your muscle. It's like your body packs more into the muscle. That's the simplest way to think about it. So if you do, if you're really committed to your fat loss, if you do one minute of press ups and one minute of wall sits before, or sorry, um, body weight squats before you eat, like before every meal, then your body will put more of what you eat into your muscle cells and keep it away from your um, from your fat stores because of that reason, because the GLUT4 receptors are open on the surface of the muscles. So it's really interesting science. Um, there's lots of little body hacks that you can do to kind of, you know, if you could be bothered to, which quite often I couldn't, um, to hack the human body if you do want, you know, better results. And so ALA is one of my, and if you take two ALA, that this that, that also helps. So you have to take two ALA before you train, about or not before you train, before you eat, about 30 minutes before you eat, if you can, then do your minute of press-ups, then your minute of squats um, or squat jumps, and then you eat. It'll shuttle more more of the nutrients into your muscle cells and away from your fat store. Now, the, the other fat burner that I love is L-carnitine. So L-carnitine, I would take kind of routinely whenever I train. L-carnitine basically... Um, what it does is it shuttles um, nutrients. No, it doesn't shuttle nutrients. It draws um, it draws energy from fat store whenever you're training, as opposed to from uh, muscle sores or from from muscle stores or from blood sugar. So um, that's that's basically what it does in its simplest form. So if you take L-carnitine and it tastes disgusting, by the way, like if you've ever taken recreational drugs, it tastes like speed. I don't know whether you ever tasted speed or ecstasy years ago. Not real bitter. And people are like, uh, no, Kim, never tasted that. Well, another ravers here are like, yep, remember the taste of ease or disgusting. Well, that's what L-carnitine tastes like. It's absolutely vile. So you're better to get it in tablet form if you can. Some people take it in powder and you're like, oh, it makes you gag. So if you take it 30 minutes before you train, like on your way to the gym or whatever, it'll draw, it'll help to draw more energy from fat, break down fat stores into triglycerides. Uh, to use as energy rather than using energy which is readily readily available in the body and that's what L-carnitine does. Now there are obviously under the counter as we call them fat burners as well and these are ones that um, bodybuilders would take, pro bodybuilders would take to stand on stage. Um, most bodybuilders to be honest as far as I know I mean and you know and I know a lot of them and to be honest you know it's not it is something that's talked about in amongst bodybuilders, but it's not something that's talked about with the general public because generally the general public just don't understand. But I think the two most common, um, certainly that I've heard of, that people would take would be um, clenbuterol, which is a um, which is a fat burner. It's a it's a it's a fat burner steroid. I think it. I think clenbuterol also stops your body from breaking down muscle tissue. So I think that, um, I actually think that they give it to horses. I think it's like a, a, I remember reading that years ago because of course I've researched and looked into them all, not not in great depth actually to the two-clenbuterol, two but I know that it does give you the jitters. I tried it years ago. I remember, never forget trying it a few years ago. And I swear to God, I felt like it was off my head. It's like, and I used to take a lot of drugs years ago and I swear I felt like I was absolutely off my head. It, it really, like it... It raises your heart rate. It raises your base heart rate. It raises your metabolism. You you honestly feel like you're on speed. It's crazy. So it's if you're very sensitive to stuff like that, that's absolutely not anything you would want to touch. You wouldn't want to touch it anyway because it isn't an anabolic steroid at the end of the day. So um, for sure, I, I think don't think that's one that you should take. And then the other one I know that people play around with is, and there may be others that I just don't know about, but I think the other one is... Um, 
T3, which is a uh, uh, which is uh, your your thyroid makes T3, and I think there's T3 and T4 in your thyroid. And if you take the supplement T3, I think it speeds up your thyroid, and your thyroid regulates your metabolism. So I think that, um, and I've also heard of people. I was going to say I think that people take those together, but I've also heard of people taking things like Benadryl and stuff. Like I, it, it's crazy what people will do to, to get lean to stand on stage. And all you really need to do to get lean is commit to the process. You need to increase your cardio gradually. You need to decrease your calories gradually. And you just need to <laughs> just commit to the process. And that is uh, and that is how you get super, super, super lean. And you really don't need any extra help if you're willing to work hard enough. And I, and I know a lot of people have taken, uh, I know a lot of people who take fat burners and they just kind of, they just take copious amounts of under the counter fat burners because they just don't want to work hard or maybe they're scared. Maybe it's that, maybe it is, you know, it is very scary to think you might not be lean enough to stand on stage. And so a lot of people want to minimize their, you know, their, their, the risk that they won't be lean enough. But honestly, once you've done it a few times, you realize if you just work really hard and you just, you know, gradually decrease your calories and gradually increase your cardio and you just commit to the process, you get super, super, super lean, you know, and what makes you get really lean is having loads and loads and loads of muscle in your body. So if you commit to the process of, of building loads of muscle, anytime you shred, you will shred pretty quickly. And the more muscle you build, the faster you'll shred. What I see many people making the mistake with doing is, especially women in my programs, because we do release a lot of shreds. And so the mistake I see women make is they, um, they're perpetual shredders. They just shred and shred and shred and shred, and they never give themselves a proper off season. And so if you never give yourself a proper off season, you'll never really build the muscle that you need to build. The only way that your body relaxes and builds muscle is when it's being fed well, when it's being rested well, when you're not stressed. It's, you know, those, that's just a really conducive muscle building environment. And if you're just constantly shredding and pushing hard and, and reducing your calories and doing loads and loads of extra cardio, and you do that again and again and again and again, you never give your body the chance to build that muscle. And men know this, but women really are confused as to what it is that causes the body to shred quickly. Like people say to me, whenever I decide to do a shred, I drop body fat so fast. And people always say, you know, you're the queen of shredding. It's not fair. Like, why do you drop body fat so fast? And then, of course, people are always accusing me of taking all kinds of shit, you know, like on, on like, I find a website the other day called Reddit. I've never heard of Reddit before. Somebody said to me the other day, Kim, someone's giving away all your programs for free on Reddit. And I was like, what? So anyway, we sent them a cease and desist letter. The whole thing was taken down very quickly. But there was a whole thing about, like, there was a whole... Um, there's a whole thread about Kim Constable. Is she natty or juiced? And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Natty or juiced? I was like, what does that even mean? I was like, natty or juiced? Natty or juiced? I couldn't figure it out. Had to go and Google it. Well, natty means natural, and I, which means does not take steroids. So it was like, is she natty or is she juiced? And there's this whole debate about whether or not I take steroids. And it's really funny how the only people who ever accuse me of taking like huge amounts of anabolic steroids are the ones who um who have never seen me train and the ones who also have never trained really hard themselves so they just don't know that it's possible to do you know to build loads and loads of muscle if you just train to failure and you do high intensity training and you commit to the process over four to five years which i have done you don't miss a day's training and you show up five days a week then you know that's how you get to look like I look is just consistency and hard work over time. It's not anabolic steroids. I can tell you that much. So um, anyway, that was a whole quite the whole thing about fat burners. But yeah, so my favorite three fat burners are caffeine, ALA and L-carnitine. And I'm sure there's loads more out there. There's a like green tea extract and there's uh, people talking about like apple cider vinegar. It doesn't help you lose weight, but it does help with, you know, digestion and absorption of nutrients. There's also um, CLA, which people love as well. Um, and there's loads of different ones. So, but really nothing will substitute. There's nothing will give you the competitive edge. Nothing, nothing, nothing will substitute hard work, hard work and sticking on your diet and doing cardio consistently. Okay. What else have we got here? Great question coming up about training. You guys are loving the training questions. So what is your opinion on the pendulum squat? Um, better or more growth than the Smith squat? So listen, Either is fine. The, the, the most important thing about squats is that you must do more than one kind. So on leg day, 
on my second, on my first leg day of the week, which is a Tuesday, I always do, uh, I start off with leg extensions and I put this up on my Instagram the other day and people kept on asking me the questions I put up and I was doing leg extensions excuse me, I was doing leg extensions and I said, you know, um, always sets of heavy leg extensions to pre-exhaust the quads before squats. And I got so many questions and people saying, why is this important? Why is this important? Why is this important? I thought, okay, Kim, that's a lesson for you. Never say something on Instagram without giving the explanation as to why. So what you must do on leg day, always assuming that you, what was your question? Is it better or more growth than the Smith squat? So if you want more growth on leg day, what you have to do is first of all, you need to pre-exhaust the quads. So usually how I do this is by doing leg extensions. Now, why is this important? It's just something that I've always done. And I, I like to pre-exhaust the quads because it means by the time then you go to do your squats, first of all, your quads are warmed up. And secondly, your quads are tired. So they're working hard. People ask me, how did I manage to build such big quads? Because I have massive quads. And I didn't have massive quads until I started to train with my current trainer, Mark Getty. Now, I don't train with Mark anymore. Well, I do. I train with him on leg day. One one day a week, I train with him. And he's actually coming here on Tuesday to do a live training session. We, we might even do it live. That would be fun, wouldn't it? If we did it live. Laura, my head trainer, is coming as well to train. So Mark is coming here to my gym that I have in the house here in my garage to train us. So um, but, so people, I didn't have huge quads and I really wanted big quads. And I remember just saying, how the hell do I get these big quads? So a friend of mine, Emma, recommended Mark. And I went to Mark and I said, I really want big quads. He said, no problem at all. So I went to train with him and the first thing he taught me was if you want big quads, you have to make them work harder than they've ever worked in their life before. And one set of squats on leg day is just not going to cut it. So he always starts off with leg extensions. So machine leg extensions, heavy, heavy, heavy leg extensions. I do five sets. So I start off at about, um, I think about 40 kilos. So I'll do like a set of 10 at 40 kilos. Then and then 50 and then 60 and then 70 or yeah, think about 80 kilos, then 90 kilos. And then I do my final set of squats with, oh, sorry, something, I thought somebody had dropped something there. But it's just one of my kids like, screaming in the background. There's about 10 extra kids in my house at the minute. So, uh, so I apologize if you heard a loud scream and thought, what the hell is that? So I do five or six sets of, of leg extensions. And my final set is full stack, which is about 110. We used to be about 100 kilos on Mark's stack, but here at home we have 130 kilos on our stack. So I'm not up to 130 yet. I'm up to about 100 and I think about 120 I'm doing now. So full set, full extension, um, leg extension, 120 kilos, final set of uh, leg extensions. And so a lot of people would say, because oh, I remember training my friend once and I and I said to her, come on, come on, you can go heavier than that. I, we were doing our final set and I was making her go heavier. And she was like, no, but that means I'm going to be, I, I want to save some energy. And I said, save some energy for what? And she said, well, for the rest of the workout. And I said, that is an absolutely misguided approach to training. You never save energy on, a, on an exercise. You go to failure on your final set of that exercise because the next exercise you do should work a completely different muscle group. So you want to, um, or different angles of the muscle. So you want to make sure that you are effectively working in every single set. And that's how you build big quads. So we would do five sets of leg extensions. Then we would go on to doing, um, we would go on to a, a squat, right? So it would be either be a, a Smith squat and then we move to a V squat. So both of these are machine squats. So the Smith squat is highly effective for building quads. Now, why do I use the Smith and don't use a free bar? Because on the Smith, you are locked into position, which basically means that you can't dip forward at the bottom and you, um, you know, as if it's ever too heavy and you go all the way down, you you sometimes risk dipping forward at the bottom if it's too heavy. And then you're using your back and your shoulders to push up and not locking it into the legs. But because whenever you go down all the way, there's no dip. OK, there's no back dip at all at the bottom. You The only where to, the only place to go is straight back up again. So you are locked in to that position. So it forces all of the effort into the legs and into the quads and into the glutes. Also with the Smith, you can go lower. So I go right down ass to grass on a Smith squat. And I can because, again, there's no pressure on my knees. I'm not bouncing. There's no moving around of the bar. 
So it keeps it all in the quad. So anybody who's like an evangelical functional strength trainer, nothing against people who train for function. I don't train for function. I train for aesthetics. I wanted big, massive melon crusher quads. And Mark Getty helped me to get them. And I keep saying to my husband, I still want bigger quads. He's like, Kim, your legs are massive. I'm like, but they're not big enough. He's like, no, no, Kim, your legs are massive. You do not need bigger legs. But I just still want bigger legs. So um, so you have to pre-exhaust the quads. Then do any any um, squat that you want, okay? But you, you have to do two types of squats. So I would never just choose a pendulum squat over a Smith squat. So you, I would do a Smith squat and then a pendulum squat. So you always want to do two types of squats. So I would either do a Smith squat or I'll do a V squat or... I'll do an incline hack squat and, and then a pendulum squat. So my, my, my two favorite combos are V squat, then an incline hack squat, which is a machine, um, which is an incredible machine. It really does work the quads or Smith squat and then pendulum squat or incline hack squat and then pendulum squat. So you always want to do two types of squats because you want to work the quads and the legs from different angles. The pendulum squat I love, but it really is a very, very, very hard machine and it really does work your glutes. Like you're, you you hold on to this bar and you go down and you're like, Wee! and it feels really good when you go down and then you're like, holy shit. And like once you're at the bottom, especially if you're like 100 kilos in the bar, it's very hard to get back up. <laughs> so um, always two types of squats to build the quads. And then, you know, one set of walking lunges. I don't even do walking lunges anymore. I was like, Mark, I'm not doing walking lunges. I fucking hate them. And he was like, come on, you need to. I was like, no, I'm not going to. I really don't see the point in them. And my legs didn't shrink from not doing walking lunges. So I just left them out. So now I do four exercises on leg day. I do leg extensions, two types of squats, and then I do lying leg curls. I always like to finish with um, the hamstrings because I like to work the front and the back of the legs. So I like I do um, lying leg curls. And so those three Three quad exercises once a week is all I do to work my quads. And honestly, in eight months, I went to train with Mark in April and I started my cut again in January. So I really had a year. I had a year of training with Mark between start, starting training and standing on stage. And in 12 months, my quads doubled in size. I And I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I can show you photos on my Instagram of my legs. They doubled in size. Uh, and it was amazing. Someone's asked me, why do you want bigger legs? Because I just love big legs on a woman. I just think legs, I mean, some some women love to be skinny. Some women love the the beach body, the, the, the thinner athletic look. I love the big quads, big glutes look on a woman. So I love, you know, and also I am a very natural pear shape. So I don't have a, a natural waist. So now that I have these great big shoulders and lats and I have a really, really long, um, I have a really long torso. So actually, if I was to show you my torso, my lats, some some women's lats come right down into their, your lats are these muscles here underneath your, um, underneath your armpit. Some women's lats come right down into their waist. So they almost look like a triangle. Mine don't. I have really high lats. My lats just come down to um, just where my rib cage starts. And then I have a really long waist. So I, um, I just love having the, 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 hourglass shape if you like now I have these big broad shoulders and it makes my waist look smaller and then I love having big glutes I love that big shelf on the back of my glutes and just lovely big muscular quads I just like I was standing yesterday at my mum's house and I was just wearing a pair of skin tight black jeans and I had on like three inch heels and um my cousin was there and I was standing in front of her um obviously I was doing something and she said to me fuck me Kim look at your legs and your ass she goes let me feel those and she goes tense them up there and I feel them and I tense my legs just start like slapping my butt my legs she was like shit like that they're just rock solid you just you just look amazing you look so strong you just like Amazonian of course I was like oh you know I say all the right things it's so nice I was like you know but it it is true I look at all I think it's just you know I look at other women who have really lovely muscular quads there's my doorbell going now as well really lovely muscular quads and really lovely you know full glutes and I just think yeah baby like just feels so good I just love it um and if you don't have somebody's asking there don't have pendulum squat or a v squat any type of squat okay but just make sure you do two types of squats so you want to do like a squat and a leg press that's fine or you want to do a smith squat or you know a free bar squat um and if you really if you don't have anything if you literally just have a free bar then do a free bar and a deadlift 
um, or do um, you can play around with the feet positions as well. If you bring your feet close together, then it works into the quads. If you bring your feet super wide apart, um, it works more into the glutes. But I don't really like playing around with feet position on a free bar. I just think it's a waste of time. Um, and if you did, if you have a Smith machine, if you own, I was just saying you don't have a Smith machine, but you just want to be playing around with different types of squats. So a, a regular squat on a some kind of deadlift is um, is absolutely fine too. So just do whatever you can. Just make sure that you lift heavy. <laughs> Lifting heavy is the most important part. Couple of other, okay, a couple of quick ones here. Mel McKeague, um, best five day training split suggestions. Well, it depends on what you want, okay? Um, really, if you just want a good full body workout, then what you have to, then what I would suggest is chest and triceps on a Monday, quad focused legs on a Tuesday, back on a Wednesday, uh, shoulders, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me, I can feel it coming on. Um, shoulders and biceps on a Thursday, and then glutes and hamstrings on a Friday. That's what I would recommend. So, but here's the thing. Here's a caveat. At the minute, I am creating the um, creating the butt camp program. So that's the new butt camp 2.0, which is the gym program. Um, and so I. I wanted to create a program that, you know, all of our programs, okay, so the last butt camp had upper body work in it too. So we, I would never create a program that just focused on one body part because I think it's really important that you work the entire body. So I would ask, like, what is your focus? If your focus is that you want to build bigger legs or bigger, bigger glutes and you don't have access to a trainer who can, you know, push you really hard, then I would recommend that you um, that you focus more on those in your training. So, and the glutes are a muscle group that can take more than, you know, can take a lot more work than we give them credit for. So I, I tend at the minute, because I'm really focused on building my glutes, I'm training glutes four days a week. So, um, I'm, and I have written a whole new workout for butt camp, um, 2.0, which has a gym program to it, which I'm testing at the minute. And it trains glutes four times a week. Now, two of those glute training days are heavy focused glute days. The other two days are adding on glutes at the end of other training exercises. So on chest, I've actually only put in two chest exercises and two, two chest, three tricep, and then two glutes. And then the, the next day is uh, the real focused, heavy, hard day, which only has four or five exercise five exercises in it. And then um, I don't think I put anything in on back. I think I, that was a rest day for glutes. And then Thursday, there's more exercises. And then on Friday or Saturday, there's more glute exercises as well. So I was able to put in two really heavy glute focused days and then two other days, which are um, which just have lighter glute exercises, but just to work the glutes from all angles. So if you really want to build your glutes, then you have to work them more than once a week. Or if you really want to bring up your shoulders, then you want to focus more on shoulders. You want to make sure you're doing two presses, two side, you know, two different types of presses, two different types of side raises, two different types of rear delt flies. Um, just, you know, it's not that you want more volume per se, but you just want to make sure that you're really annihilating the muscle. And so what you want to look like and what you want to train and what body part you want to train should actually um, guide your training. That's that's how you should make your decision. But I do, I like, I think a woman should work her entire body. Now you may want to look like a bikini girl. Bikini girls don't train their chests. But for me, I don't, I don't want to have a big, strong muscular back and not have a muscular chest. For me, the body has a front and a back. And I, this is my yoga training that's um, always come in, you know, into play in my training, like I never train abs because in, you know, yoga always kept my abs really strong. My abs are super strong from um, doing the exercises that I do. So a lot of people want to have the rectus abdominis, the six pack on the front of the body, but like those abs are completely useless in terms of keeping your body healthy. The only thing your rectus abdominis muscles are good for is breathing. They're, they're just your breathing muscles. They just move your diaphragm in and out. The most important muscles are the transverse abdominis muscles, which are the internal muscles, which we don't see. So the internal muscles and the obliques. And mine get plenty of work from all of the squatting and the lifting and the pulling and, and the pull-ups and chin-ups and everything that I do, my core muscles are super strong. So I never work core because I really don't care about having a visible six-pack. But if you want to have a visible six-pack, you can have one, but understand that all you're doing is working your rectus abdominis, which is the front of your body, which looks good. There's nothing wrong with wanting an aesthetically pleasing six-pack, but just understand you're not actually strengthening or, or you're not making your body any better or healthier by doing it. Um, and so, but I, the reason why I train chest is first of all, I love a muscular chest. Like I have a super, 
you know, like if you can, if I can like do this here, but those you, you can't see me on the podcast, obviously, but if I do this, I actually have like, you can see how lean I am. I have like this dip in the middle here, but like I have like a, look at those chest muscles. Like I have a, I'm flashing my chest muscles now on, on the podcast. You just can't see me. I have like a super, super, super strong chest with like a big, you know, pack dip in the middle. I can actually bounce my pecs as well. You probably can't see it now, but I can bounce my pecs like a man. And I just love having a really strong chest. I used to, I, I there was a, a while there I was worried that I was too muscular. And I kept saying to my husband, am I too muscular? Am I too muscular? And then I just thought, who cares if I'm too muscular? Too muscular for what? Too muscular for who? You know? So I stopped caring and I just started training the way I wanted to train. I love to train hard. I love to train heavy. I love having a strong muscular back, strong muscular body. I'm never going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger because I don't have enough testosterone to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm never going to build any muscle past the capacity that I have. Like if you see these massive, massive muscular women, you know, on Instagram and in magazines and stuff, they are taking quite a lot of steroids. Like they are, you can't get that big without taking steroids. And what you'll see is a lot of times their jaws are really, really square. And sometimes they look really manly in the face. And that's because of the anabolic steroids they're taking. And I'm there's no judgment here. Some women love that look. And I, I can really try on. My husband said to me the other week, you know what? So imagine if you took away all societal norms and expectations, would you want to look like that? And I said, you know, there's a part of me there's a part of me looks at women who are huge, really muscular, really striated. And I go, fuck, doesn't she look amazing? There is part of me just, but not because, not because I think she looks so feminine and lovely on the gap, but because I look at her, look at women like that. And I know what it takes. Cause even though they are taking quite a lot of, you know, um, they are juiced up quite a bit. They're still working really, really, really hard. Like you don't build muscle like that from lying in bed and eating cheesy puffs, you know, so no matter what you're taking. So there is a part of me that appreciates muscle, whether it's on a female or a male or whatever, but I don't think I would ever want to be that big. But just understand if you're worried about training because you think you're going to get too big, you're never going to get too big unless you're willing to take a lot of extra, you know, over the counter, under the counter help. It, you just don't have enough testosterone. So it just isn't going to happen. So you never need to worry about that. So just go in and just work really, really, really hard for a long period of time. Just do it. I'm going to give a shout out actually to a woman in my, one of the uh, girls in my program or women on my program, Connie Nash. And the reason why I'm so proud of Connie is because Connie joined my 18 month sculpt and shred program a couple of years ago and she's done a few of the shreds, but Connie was impatient for so long. Now Connie is in her I think she's in her 50s and she is really quite lean, but very typical 50 year old body, you know, lean legs, carried a bit of extra weight around her tummy and, you know, was like, oh, I want to get rid of my, you know, my flabby arms and and stuff. And so and she just kept, you know, every time she she built or every time she went into, you know, built, eating more and building more muscle and training hard in the gym, she would then start to panic when she started to put on a little bit of body fat. She would start to panic and she'd be like, oh, no, no, I just and then she'd go back on a shred again. And so the coaches were kind of tearing their hair out with her and lovingly, like we adore Connie, but they were like, how can we just get her to commit to the process? And so something changed. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is something changed in Connie, I think a few, I don't know how long ago, maybe six, eight months ago. And she put a post in the group and she was like, you know what, guys, I have realized that what I'm doing isn't working. I am never going to get the body that I want by, by doing what I'm doing. All I'm hearing is, Connie, you need to build. Connie, you need to calm down. Connie, you need to train hard. Connie, you need to trust the process. She said, you know what? I have nothing left to lose. I'm just going to trust the process. I'm going to do what the coaches tell me. She booked a couple of private sessions with our coaches, which you guys can do, by the way. If anyone wants a private session with one of my highly trained coaches, just go to the website, thesculptedvegan.com forward slash coaching. Um, and you can book a one-to-one a -one session with, with any of my coaches to develop a plan for yourself or anything else you want to talk about. And so um, Connie, anyway, she committed to the process and she put a picture in the group the other day and she was like, this is me after eight months. I couldn't fucking believe it. Her legs were double the size. I mean, double the size. Her quads were double the size. She didn't have these wee skinny legs anymore. She had quad definition. Her upper body had filled out. Her biceps had started to come out. And all she had done was commit to the process. She went to the gym five days a week. She lifted heavy. She ate big. She trained to failure. She got loads of sleep. She stopped fretting and worrying about being skinny and lean and whatever. She just, she realized that if she wanted it, this was the only way to get it. 
And so I don't even know why I started telling you guys this. I'm kind of not sent at the question. Uh, we talked about the five day training split. That's what it was. So anyway, my, I would never judge anyone for what they want to look like. But one of the things that women don't realize is just how long it takes. It takes a long time. And, and, and I, I want to look, I just want to look muscular and strong and I want to train the front of my body and the back of my body. I don't want to not train chest because, you know, I don't, I, I, I love the look. I love the big muscular and strong look and that's what I train for. So whenever you are choosing your training split, choose a split that works for you. Choose a split that, that trains the parts of your body that trains you to looking the way you want to look because believe it or not they're like the bikini athletes who stand on the olympia stage they train specifically to look a certain way and they don't train body parts and they train other body parts they're very systematic in their training so how you can train your body for how you want to look at the minute i'm really focusing on my lats because i want to bring my my lats out more and i was doing a lat spread in the in the mirror the other day and i was like shit look at my lats i've been focusing on them for about a year now and doing loads of reverse grip so whenever you, I've, for the lower lats, I've been doing loads of reverse grip, bent over rows, loads of um, lat pull downs, reverse grip, lat pull downs, really working into the lower lats. And my lower lats have really come out. So you can choose body parts that you want to bring out or work on. And you can absolutely do that. That's the great thing about training. It's so versatile. You get to tailor your training program to you. And, and that's what's so beautiful about it. So that's why I love training. Okay, uh, let me take a couple more quick fire questions. And then... I think we've been talking for a good, nearly a good hour, actually. Uh, okay, a couple of quick fire questions. Tweety, do the kids have another puppy? I thought I saw a snippet of one in story a while back. Um, my mum bought, well, I bought, my my mum wanted to buy a new dog and my daughter, Maya, really wanted her to buy the dog. So I said, I'll buy the dog. So I paid for the dog and it's kind of Maya's dog, but kind of not Maya's dog. It's really mum's dog, but he comes here and hangs out all the time and his name's Riley. So not actually ours, he's my mum's, but kind of ours because we paid for him. <laughs> Um, okay, gonna answer these really quickly. Uh, what was this other one? What do you do when you feel your muscle growth has stalled? Uh, lift heavier, add more load. You need to add something more when you feel your muscle growth has stalled. You need to add more load, preferably. Then you add more volume by adding more reps, and then you decrease your rest time if you can, and then you 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 go over the pro. You just repeat the process. So um, you just need to do more if your muscle muscle growth is stalled you're not lifting more you need to do more lift heavier lift um for more reps or decrease your rest time or preferably all of them okay how do you handle physical uh pms without eating the whole house um i don't whenever i have pms i just eat and I don't judge myself for it. I don't eat the whole house. But if I really want to have like a big, massive wedge of vegan cheesecake, I do. And I, I think that the best thing to do is to give yourself a little of what you love, what a little of what you want rather than completely depriving yourself, because that just makes you binge if you deprive yourself. So I just eat, um, I just eat whatever I want. Do you warm up and cool down during your hour in the Stairmaster? Nope. I just get on. I stick it on level six. I go for an hour and then I turn it off when I get to 60 minutes. There's no warm up, no cool down. I never do any warm ups or cool downs. Favorite glute exercise? Um, probably the hip thrust on the Smith machine because the hip thrust, um, which was invented, I believe, by Brett Contreras, is the most effective glute building exercise that there is. But my current second favorite is the reverse hyper on the smith machine which is going to feature in butt camp 2.0 which i'm really excited about and i think my third after that um is ooh, hyper extensions on the smith machine oh my god i'm using the smith for everything everything at the minute and if you guys want to check out the highlights on my instagram story i put up my whole glute workout there from friday and you'll see you won't see the frog reverse hyper but you'll see actually i'll put it in there from another story but you'll see the um the hyper extension on the smith absolutely amazing fasted cardio someone's asking yes or no it's more important that you do the cardio rather than it's fasted so fasted not fasted i do fasted cardio in the morning because it's more convenient i get a stitch if i eat and then do cardio but really it's more important than, than you do it than you do it fasted how to determine when to up your calories when you're building? Really good question. Very, very easy answer. You always aim to increase your intensity in the gym 
before you increase your calories. So if you're tracking your calories, increase them by 100. So two two things that you do. So you um, first of all, you increase your intensity in the gym. You lift more, you lift heavier, you lift for more reps, you do more in the gym, okay? Then you increase your calories by 100. You take progress pictures every two weeks. If after increasing your calories, you are leaner or the same after two weeks, you can increase your calories again. Increase them by another 100. Take progress pictures in another two weeks. If you are leaner or you're the same size, increase your calories again. As soon as you see yourself starting to get um, fluffier or put on body fat, that's when you stop increasing your calories because that means that you have, you're eating in surplus of what your body needs. But you should always increase your intensity in the gym before you increase your calories if you can. Um, can you discuss how you raise your chickens? I'm doing some quick fire ones here to finish. Can you discuss how you raise your chickens? We don't. We just feed them and they shed all over the place and they lay eggs every day, which my kid, three of my kids eat because three of my kids are vegetarian and um, that's it. <laughs> they have a massive coop to run around in and they are just so much fun and we absolutely love them. Okay, uh, really great question. Why the hip thrust barbell over the glute drive machine? I detest the glute drive machine because I find that the belt is always too high. So I find that I never get a good enough thrust all the way up whenever you put the belt over you. I also find that I can't get enough weight on because I would hip thrust on the Smith machine. I would hip thrust about 200 60 kilos, which is about 600 pounds. And you can't put 600 pounds on the glute drive because the belt just isn't strong enough and it cuts into you. So I like to have the pa the pad, the um, the power pad on the Smith machine whenever I'm doing my, uh, my hip thrusts. And I find that I can go much, much, much heavier. So I'm, I, I don't like the glute drive at all. I've tried it a few times and I just didn't, didn't like it at all. Didn't like the action of it. I just didn't feel like I, I could go, um, I could go heavier enough. Okay, another quick couple of questions. Does having your protein shake before or after your workout have any impact on muscle gain and fat? Um, doesn't have any impact on fat. The only thing that has impact on fat is if you eat in a calorie surplus rather than eating in a calorie deficit. Um, if eating that protein shake puts you in a calorie surplus, then yes, it will have an effect on fat. Um, but it do, does it help with uh, muscle gain? Yes, you always want to have your protein and your carbs directly after training because you want your body, your body starts to repair the muscle that you've broken down immediately. So basically, whenever you were, um, whenever you were training, your body was ripping apart muscle tissue. So you want your body, your body starts instantly trying to repair that muscle tissue by putting scar, basically your body just builds scar tissue, scar tissue on muscle tissue. That is what muscle, extra muscle tissue is, it's just scar tissue. So you want to give your body protein, which is the building blocks of muscle immediately after training as, or as soon as you can, especially with a high molecular carbohydrate. Um, do you have an affiliate link for the Aura Ring um, or should we wait to purchase from your app? So I, ha I invested in Aura Ring this year and I now um, part own the company which is uh, really spectacular a very 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 small part but a small part nonetheless and so uh, we are launching the Sculpted Vegan app with Butt Camp 2.0 in September and so I don't think the Aura is going to be on it just then because we have to connect with our API but we're actually going to be able to hopefully sell the Aura Ring through our Sculpted Vegan app and also you're going to be able to get all your Aura Ring data inside the Sculpted Vegan app as well which is amazing because it's going to be a one-stop shop so I don't have an affiliate link at the minute if you want to hold off I can see if I can get one this week um thank you for asking but otherwise you can just purchase it through the website I might be able to get you a discount so if you hold off that is something that I will look into and see can I get um a discount a discount code perhaps for my followers for anyone who wants to buy the aura ring okay nearly finished uh let me see just oh, okay two more questions right uh what is your body telling you if you're craving salty food mainly at night uh, it's telling you that you it wants salty food. <laughs> I don't think it's telling you anything. Uh, if you want salty food at, light, at night, it's usually just a habit. So you just need to get out of the habit. That's that's all. Salt is as is as addictive as sugar, um, and so you just have to get out of the habit. It's not probably telling you anything. So don't worry about that. Uh, one other question. What else do we have? I'm 25 pounds over my normal weight due to menopause. What program will shred that fat? 
any of my programs will shred that fat. But if it's 25 pounds, probably one of the longer ones, I would recommend Buns and Guns, which is our most comprehensive program. It's only $97. The results are epic. If you go to my main Instagram page, you will see the results from Buns and Guns. Some people lost, I think the winner lost 32 pounds in weight in eight weeks. Um, So it's a really good program. You can do it at home, in your home gym or in a commercial gym. And uh, it comes with calorie counted, macro counted meal plans. It's absolutely phenomenal and it's available on the website. Um, It's on the main page of the website, actually, sculptedvegan.com. It's only $97 lifetime access with all of the, it's going to be on the app as well. You don't have to purchase, by the way, anyone who's going to download the app when it's available, all of your previous purchases will be available on the app for free. You don't have to repurchase them. So we would never make you do that. So buns and guns is what I would recommend if you have 25 pounds to lose. What you really have to do though with menopause is just completely overhaul your diet Um, because what you did before isn't going to work anymore. You need to exercise more. You need to eat slightly less. Uh, Raquel is asking, were you affected with menopause? I'm only 42, so I actually haven't started menopause yet, Um, but I have been doing a shitload of research into it recently because we are launching a menopause program next March. It's going to be a full, uh, probably 12 months long menopause program. And we're actually developing a full um, menopause supplement as well for perimenopause and postmenopause. Um, based on adaptogenic herbs to help with um, sleeping and hot flashes and everything. So we are going full into menopause and we're going to launch that early next year. And I wish we could bring it sooner, but as you can imagine, it's a huge amount of research and work. So we don't want to rush it. We want to make sure it's done right. (sighs) Guys, this was absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for showing up. I hope that you enjoyed this. I love doing these Q&As because it means I get through a huge amount of, a huge volume of information in a really short space of time. And it also gets, you know, means I can connect with you guys on Instagram as well. Just wish I could see you all. It's really annoying that I can only see myself. I can't actually see you guys. It would be so much nicer if I could see you, but I do see all of your comments coming up and I will try and go back and uh, answer all the comments. I try and go back and answer them all personally on Instagram because I don't always get a chance to answer them whenever I see them coming up here, whenever I'm recording, but I will go back and try and answer them all. And we are going to be here same time next week, which is 7 p.m. UK time on a Sunday for the next two weeks, 7 p.m. UK time here live on Instagram. I always put up the question box earlier in the day. So if you want to ask a question, it's best that you ask it in the question box rather than asking it here live on Instagram, because if you answer it um, in the question box, I probably will get to it, but I I can't always get to it here if it's coming up in the comments. So um, anyway, thanks so much for showing up. This was absolutely wonderful. I hope you have an awesome rest of the day wherever you are in the world. Um, Thanks for being here with me and I'll see you all next week, same time, 7 p.m. Sunday uh, for another round of podcast live Q&A. Big kiss from me to you. Bye guys. And the video has ended, but I am still here on the podcast to say goodbye to you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed this. Please leave me a comment and let me know, uh, or leave me a review and let me know if you're enjoying these Q&As, because if you are, I might do more of them. Or if you prefer me to go in depth in a big, long subject like I sometimes do, that is fine too. Just let me know. Um, Otherwise, don't forget to leave a review on the podcast and you could be with the chance of winning one of our Sculpted Vegan programs. It is the end of August 2021. So we are going to be announcing uh, August's winner at the start of September. So there's still a chance to win. All you have to do is leave a review, send me a screen grab on Instagram at The Sculpted Vegan and you could be in with the chance of winning one of our Sculpted Vegan programs. And I really, really, really hope you do. So have an awesome rest of the week wherever you are. Thanks again for listening to the Kim Constable podcast and I will chat to you very, very soon. Bye for now.